live on tape from KGCR Studios in sunny Southern California. This is Glitch City Radio. Welcome, everybody, to episode two of Glitch City Radio, the podcast magazine for Glitch City, an indie games and digital arts collective based in Culver City. I am one of your hosts, Julian Cantor, and sitting across from me this week or this month. Uh, yeah, this month. Uh, we're, you know, deep into the fall. The it's leaves are turning colors. They're falling from the trees. And here we are back for another great episode. My name is Jamie Jo Perenno. I'm your second host. And with us today are our two awesome guests, Ben and Levi. Ben, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Ben Esposito. Ben, wait, hold on. I know you were on the last episode. I was, yeah. I uh, got interviewed by Jamie, actually. It was such a successful interview. We decided that Ben would be great to have back here today. So we called him up after the last release and you liked the way that it turned out with all the editing and stuff. Uh, I actually came to recant a lot of the statements that I made. Oh, okay. After the Twitter blowback that happened. I know, there was a lot of pushback, so I kind of wanted to see if I could edit the first episode so that I sound better. You want to do a re-edit of that episode? Mm -hmm. All right, well, we'll we'll push that to the uh, editing department. Not sure they're going to have the bandwidth to get that done with, but... uh, I can talk to producers about the budget. Uh, That's something we might be able to fit in. Um, All right, thank you. We didn't really get into, Ben, your your intro, but if people want to know who you are, you made Donut County, which is out, getting great reviews. Yep. Yeah, we didn't record this all on one day in the middle of July. Um, <laughs> nope, not at all. No, no, no. Um, anyway, but let's let's get to Levi. Levi, you're also on the, the panel today. Hello. I want to get your intro in. All right. Well, I'm Levi Rohr. I'm an interactive artist, and uh, I run a game studio called Sunday Month. Sunday Month. I'm just trying it's my best kind of a here. brain teaser. It's a weird name that we chose like four years ago, very late at night, <laughs> February 23rd, 2014 at 8 p.m. Was that a Sunday? Uh, it was probably not. I'm not actually sure. Wait, where did it come from? I really like, uh, like they're idioms in a way. Like an old broom knows where the dust is sort of thing. Whoa. Uh, but there's also what? a phrase. <laughs> there's just phrases that pass down through generations. Right. But the name Sunday month comes from, I haven't seen you in a month of Sundays. Whoa. Which means I haven't seen you in a, an extremely long, boring period of time. <laughs> I'm trying to do the math. Would that be seven months? A month of Sundays would be... It's like a slow day. It's a day you don't work. Oh, right. It's a day of rest. See, I was thinking, like, I haven't seen you in a month of... But I think it would be more than seven months. Anyway, let's get on with the show. <laughs> this is running long. So last show was a great success. Ben, as we mentioned, you were the debut interview subject. And actually, the way that this show works, the reason that you're back is that you're going to be conducting our next interview. Right, yeah. I'm interviewing Rachel Sala, who oh, is cool. a Glitch City member, helps run the space. And I'm a big fan of her work because she worked on Frog Fractions and Frog Fractions 2, which are extremely inspiring wow. games to me. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing that. Yeah, uh, Frog Fractions and Frog Fractions 2, very popular game. That's a popular opinion. Great game. <laughs> Speaking of opinions, popularity, we here at Glitch City Radio try to tie our episodes together with a theme. And the big reveal, the theme this month is Julian. Unpopular opinions. 
unpopular opinion. Whoa. Saying frog reactions, as you said, that's a popular opinion. Yeah. Right. right. That's great, but that's not relevant for today's theme, which is unpopular opinions. Right. So is that like opposite day? Like I have to say I don't like no, frog well, reactions? You shouldn't have just, you shouldn't have said I mean, we, We'll be honest. No matter what, we're not really going to be, you know, doing some comedic bit for this show. We're going to be honest no matter what. We're just right. trying There's to no structure There's no bit here. Right. No. All right. We don't play okay. characters. I'll abide. Um, no. So anyway, that's a great uh, transition last right. month. I'm just going to say it that way every time for the rest of the show's history because we did that <laughs> one one show. Anyway, let's go into our next segment. But first, let's take a quick break. Today's episode is brought to you by Glitter Mitten Grove, a land of enchantment, whimsy, and resource management. Sow the fields with special seeds. Pick berries for your winter needs. Collect sparkles to light up the night. And light Fribblesham fireworks for happy delight. Developed by Mostly Tiger Proof and published by Adult Swim Games, Glitter Mitten Grove is available now for your personal computer. Come join us in a fairyland full of strange adventure. And we're back. Did you guys enjoy that commercial? Our interns in the marketing department worked really hard on that commercial. They could have done a little bit better, but I thought I it was, know. for interns, it was pretty good. Yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, We have them for a semester at a time. They get a grade. We decide if we want to keep them on part-time, whatever. Last month, we had to, we had to cycle through those, actually. It's well, I don't want to get into that process. Kafkaesque. It's important to thank them before you say goodbye. So anyway, let's get into our unpopular opinions. I'm ready. Should I start? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I think, Julian, it's all you. I think that people in game development should not crunch. Whoa, hold on a minute. Wait, <laughs> That's an extremely spicy take, but yeah. uh, I'll hear you out. Give me your argument. I think that in order for people to work at peak capacity and to do a good job, they should not be sleep deprived. Really? Have you been, uh, have you been not crunching and has it been successful for you? I have not been crunching, actually, yeah. And it's been, well, it's been okay. <laughs> so, so you're like a tentative advocate of not crunching? I just think it's such an unpopular opinion that that's why I have to put this strong uh, stance okay. forward. I see. Right, right. You like to root for the underdog. Yeah. Right. I think this would have been funnier if I hadn't pointed out the thing earlier. You did the, about I mean, it's a the opposite day joke. Yeah, it's yeah. Kind we, of an we opposite did the day. opposite day thing already. Well, it, right. We're already doing the opposite day of the opposite day. It's metatextual. Jamie, what's your unpopular opinion? I have a very extremely unpopular opinion. My unpopular opinion is that popularity is overrated. And to prove my point, I want us all to take a vote right now. Which opinion, Julian's or mine, is more unpopular? Vote. Which one's more unpopular? See, I might be losing the, the, the script here. I'm losing track of where we're heading. So are we going to talk about actual unpopular opinions or what? What, what? I just want to, you know, give it to people straight. Yeah, cut the BS. We've been very circuitous about our unpopular opinions. Okay. I think there's a legitimate conversation around crunch because I do know in certain circles, like, I think it's more popular right. depending on like what sector of the industry you engage with. Yeah, in general, you're probably right that it, it would be considered an unpopular opinion in the industry at large. I think within our community... It's clearly a very popular opinion. 
to not crunch well yeah it's a popular opinion to not crunch and i think people who do crunch still say outright that like yeah crunching is terrible you should never do crunch but they still end up doing it and it's like do as i say not as i do yeah i think for me it's like when i'm getting towards a deadline i have like a mad scramble of Mm. productivity which is kind of leads to my self-imposed crunch this is for when i'm working on my own stuff right right i think crunch is bad when someone forces you to do it across the board i think (laughs) everyone could agree that like being told to do it is like unacceptable I think in a lot of ways, I define crunch as it's being done for other people. You don't crunch yeah. on your own behalf. Yeah, you don't, no one crunches on their own behalf. That's like, you know, if, if you're an artist and you just like are in the zone and you're just creating, creating. Like I think right. that could be considered crunch under like a different context. That would be more of a work-life balance issue. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, isn't that like the question at the end of the day? Work-life balance? How much of your life should be your work or like even game development in this I think context? life. I mean, go with 100% life. Those 100%. <laughs> Pro? I'm pro-life. Oh, <laughs> that's no, a don't, popular. Don't, don't clip unpopular that. Don't clip opinion. that, people. <laughs> we'll fix that in post. Now we actually got one actual unpopular opinion <laughs> onto the show. That's great. Hey, we're doing it. I, I think the popularity one is actually worth worth exploring on some level. Right. Popularity is overrated. Is a unpopular opinion. Mm-hmm. Let's parse that. Agree. Yes or no. Well, <laughs> let's simplify this. Yeah. This is like the, you know, everything I say is a lie. You can't believe what I'm saying right now. They're two brothers. Right, One yeah. of them always tells the truth. I don't think it's an unpopular opinion because I think I've heard people say that before that popularity is overrated, right? You've heard yeah, that before. Everyone right? hears it. It's the, the moral of the many movies. Right, yeah. But I think no one believes it. I think it's, at the end of the day, like, unpopular opinions might just be the same thing of, as you were saying. It's just like people might say them, but not necessarily follow through. Do you think there is a case for popularity and rating it up more? Let's say mm. you're following on, on the internet. Do you think you can benefit from that in a way that's not shallow? Right. I mean, it's shown when you're trying to support yourself that having some sort of notoriety positively is beneficial. I don't think many people would turn down popularity. I know in some cases you would, but certain kinds of popularity are definitely things that people usually would always be gravitated towards. Right. Yeah. I think people would always take it because you don't really understand what you trade in Mm -hmm. to like get it and i think some people who are popular or who have that kind of following or that kind of popularity they don't even realize what they've traded and they kind of have doubled down on you know turning themselves into a character well, I've done that even without the, the popularity, so. <laughs> you're like, you're really yeah. good at turning yourself into a character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe at the end of the day, it's not so much that popularity is overrated or things like that. Maybe it's the pursuit of popularity or even obsession with it as like a means to validate one's life. I know it's all about context for that. Yeah. I mean, I think people intuitively know that being famous is terrible for your life, yeah. your lifestyle. And yet most of those people who would say that would also take, you know, a magic wish that made them like super popular instantly. Mm-hmm. Right. And because so, they don't know, they can't, they can't comprehend what it's like to be annoyed by the same things that a famous person is annoyed by. Like I would, it would be a nightmare to walk outside and have people constantly noticing you and talking about you. That's probably why really rich people, rich mm-hmm. actors turn to weird religions and stuff like that. <laughs> and they hide out on islands and stuff because literally people are taking pictures of them mm-hmm. left and right, right um, yeah. which would be a nightmare for me. <laughs> <laughs> the dream would be like for your work to be known, but for you not to be known. That's definitely my I think dream. about that all the time. It's It would be so much better for like the work itself being popular rather than you being popular. 
I think it might be an extension of the artist is dead thing uh-huh. philosophy. It's like you don't matter once your work is there. I, I'd want to be, I was thinking about this, my goal would be like for my work to be well known, but for me to only be well known in my own circle. A peer-reviewed popularity I'm done with system. that. I, I have a pretty strong idea of where I want to land and it's I want to be able to get into really, really cool parties, but then when I get there, nobody know who I am. <laughs> but like, that's a pretty good balance to strike. Just the ability to like walk into any cool party. Like, that's oh, great. Yeah, that's really. So, good. do you think it's unpopular because it's like the pursuit seems empty? It's like kind of almost hypocrisy in a way. Uh, wait, which the the concept of of popularity like being unpopular, or like it's hip to be square. I'm so confused about the this uh, right, unpopular and popular thing. Opinion. All right, well, my um, popular opinion is this segment is running way long, <laughs> so let's now break from this segment and go into Ben, your interview with Rachel Sal. I'm excited. I'm here to interview Rachel Sala. Hi, Ben. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Can you give a little bit of intro about yourself? I am a longtime indie developer. I've been doing this for roughly seven years now. I'm mostly well known for working on and making Frog Fractions 1 and 2. Also, more recently worked on Dream Daddy along with some miscellaneous projects. Mm. Been a member of Glitch City for about three and a half years now, and I've been helping manage the space for about two and a half years. Do you like Glitch City? I do. I like it a whole <laughs> bunch. That's why I'm here on this fine day. We're here in this dank corner on this very fine day. Yeah, it's a beautiful day. I could be at the beach right now, but instead I'm recording a podcast with wow, you. Wow. Thank you for your sacrifice. I'm very noble, I know. And also, I just purchased a bunch of nice new chairs. Ooh, yeah. The space has a bunch of new chairs. Yeah. And now we can sit more comfortably in an elegance as opposed to these like weird dumpster chairs we have. <laughs> I'll miss it a tiny bit, but then. Mm, yeah, well. Okay, so I wanted to ask you some questions, and also mm-hmm. there's a few things I know about you that I think people listening to the podcast probably don't, so I want to dive into your background and how you got started and involved with indie games. How did you end up working on your first game project? So back in 2011, the economy was pretty bad. I was a new graduate, and I had gotten fired from a really terrible telemarketing job, Ooh. and I was like, I have not really great skills. I'm going to try to teach myself some web programming so I can maybe be like a web developer and not be a telemarketer. Did you have any idea that you might do games or was this purely just trying to find a job? Someone had told me like the best way to learn to program is make a game because it has a concrete result and you're like, okay, I'm done now. And I was like, great, I'm gonna learn some like HTML5 animation and make a game. I'm gonna make a missile command clone, Mm -hmm. but missiles and asteroids are boring. I like frogs and bugs, so I'm gonna make it with frogs and bugs. So is this the origin of frog fractions? This is the origin of frog fractions. So I was working on this, I was like, this is a bad game actually and I really have no idea what I was doing so I got in touch with Jim Crawford who is my old roommate's older brother and we kept in touch after I graduated and I was like hey Jim you want to make this game with me and he's like yeah we like made it in like a week and it was still bad and we're like what if we just kept <laughs> adding to it 
and then it got weird. It came out like a year later. It was very popular. I think we have something like 2 million hits in four months. We That's still regularly bananas. get about 5,000 plays a month, which kind of blows my mind. I get Google Analytics on this. This is the Ooh. only reason why I know it. They email me saying, you've got 5,000 visitors. Wow. Neat. <laughs> I remember when Frog Fractions came out and I heard about it and someone was mentioning, yeah, I can't really explain it. It's frogs and it just keeps going and going. <laughs> and I played it and I was like, I don't get it. And then I closed it. And then it was probably a week later that I was like, people keep talking about it <laughs> and then i played it and saw that it kept going and i was like oh my god this is the coolest game art web project that i've ever seen and so i found it really inspiring well thank you i appreciate that yeah that came out in the fall of 2012 when the following gdc i went to the first time and i met all these people who i really looked up to and they were all like i loved your game and i was like i never thought i could really make games until that gdc and i'm like oh maybe this is something we should do and like a year later we launched the kickstarter the whole thing of the frog fractions is it was a game based on surprise and exploration and the joy of discovery and to make a sequel to that we can't really make a literal sequel to frog fractions mm -hmm. and we made this kickstarter with the premise that we're going to make a sequel ish same people but we're not going to tell you what it's called or when it's coming out and if you trust us back the game if you don't trust us and you think that sounds like a scam that's fine we understand <laughs> hopefully you'll play it when it comes out we got backed we went to a bunch of publishers with this premise and Adult Swim picked up the idea. We worked on it in secret. For us, it was roughly three years and it came out December 2016 and people found it and they're like, you did it. I'm like, we certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> we made a total mystery game. the process of the second one that was different than the first one? We had two entirely separate teams. There's two layers to the game. There's an outer layer, which is a robust fairy city builder game. And the inner core, which is this weird overworld filled with strange mini games. It is more literal a spiritual successor to Frog Fractions 2 than the outer game. They're both totally legit though and like pretty robust, but the outer layer of the fairy game was made entirely in New Zealand. Really? Yeah, the teams were very separate. I mean, there was no <laughs> cross-contamination. I guess a little bit, like the musician did, music for both. I did some art on the fairy game, that sort of thing. But in general, no one here saw anything from the fairy portion. We were very careful. So it was a complete surprise. Mm -hmm. Even here at Glitch City, like I trusted you guys to show you all of the mini games and stuff I was working right. on and some early prototypes and stuff that got cut. But nobody in the US saw anything that was part of the fairy game. And I believe even the artist for that portion of the game was largely kept in the dark and he thought he was literally just making like a fairy sim. And he found out pretty late, oh, this is actually a larger thing. Obviously the people on our side, Jim and I largely speaking knew more what was it like working on a project where you had this level of secrecy involved was it stressful did you feel like you had a lot of interesting stuff that you were ready for people to see or were you scared that people would never see it oh i was definitely scared about some parts of it it was definitely a stressful project to work on overall i couldn't tell anybody what i was doing or what i was learning and i was like oh i can't show what i did this week it's too mm, secret. It was fine that. though. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> it's like, wow, this is the most dedication to a joke I've ever seen. I appreciate that. Thanks. <laughs> now I'm like almost the other extreme though, where I'm so used to keeping it secret. I don't know how to talk about projects I'm working on. And only in the last like month or so for my current project, I'm like, I can make a GIF of what I'm doing <laughs> and put it on the internet. Well, that's a lot of responsibility. It is a lot of responsibility. I'm getting the hang of it, of talking about what I'm working on. I will say one advantage though to working on Frog Fractions 2 is that like, people be like, can you tell me about Frog Fractions 2? And I just make up a scenario. And <laughs> you just lied to everyone. Well, I think they 
they knew I was lying to them, they were in on the joke. Oh, they don't really okay. want to know about fraud fractions too. They just like asking about that. That's interesting. It's like the first crowdfunded meme, you know, like is this fraud fractions <laughs> too? If anything's like weird or unknown or indescribable, that was the meme. You'd right. saw it everywhere. One thing I used to really say was, well, at the end of Frog Fractions 1, you ruined the economy of Bug Mars mm -hmm. and you have the responsibility of fixing the economy and then try to run for re-election. <laughs> it just continues from the first game. So when people are like, oh, so it's like a political game. I'm like, absolutely. Then there's the state two part, you know? <laughs> it was like good hearted lies. Everyone was having a good time. I don't That's think anyone great. was upset and like there wasn't a state two portion. I'm like, I know. having done a few joke games mm -hmm. with various success online, the aspect of people feeling like they're in on the joke feels to me like one of the most important things you can do mm -hmm. because people are very sensitive to getting duped. Absolutely. What kind of stuff did you do to make people feel like they were in on this massive joke that they had no information on? One of the things I started to do is I would make fake screenshots where I'd take screenshots from famous games and it was very obviously from a famous game <laughs> and I'd carefully Photoshop a frog into it. An example is I got a picture from Ocarina of Time and replaced Link's head with a frog head and pixelated it a lot so it fit in more or less and I did that with a lot of games and I'd be like oh ho, look at this new level it's a sneak peek guys <laughs> ha ha you know like make ridiculous hashtags and some people loved it very into it some people also got upset though really specifically with the ocarina time one someone was like um i believe that's a photo of um link <laughs> from ocarina of time i'm like well thank you for telling me that i didn't know you have a really good online guy voice thank you extremely online i, I, I have to do it sometimes <laughs> <laughs> to ask you what advice you'd give someone who wanted to do what you do. What would you tell them? What would you tell yourself starting out? I do wish I got started making games in college. And the one thing I want to tell people in college, do some game jams. They don't mm. have to be good. The games are probably going to be bad. You're making them in like two days. Just do it though. Did you do game jams when you started? No. Did you ever do a game jam? I have done game jams since, but I wish I started a lot sooner because it would have been more portfolio. It would have been more practice. I literally never had done anything game related until after college. And I feel like, you know, I had that time to explore and to experiment. That would have been nice. And I would just say, learn skills, be curious. What should they learn first? Whatever excites them the most. There's lots of tools out there for people like me. There's Construct 2, Game Maker. There's like a million JavaScript libraries. There's tools out there for people to just dig in and have a good time. Or even for the sake of artists specifically, you can find badly skinned free games on Itch.io. You can download them and skin them. That sounds fun. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> I told that to some friends trying to get into like audio design. I'm like, do a pass. You can't sell it, obviously, and you have to give them credit. But for the sake of practice, it's great. Your advice about just opening up a tool and learning it is interesting because I've always been a tinker, but I've always had a vision or like a project in mind. Mm -hmm. But it seems like you had a different angle on it because you started just picking up the tools and saying, let me make something cool. And it evolved naturally. 
I definitely got my start that way, but as time has gone on, there are times where I'm like, oh, it'd actually be very practical to learn this tool. Right now, for example, I have a copy of the software Spine, which is a 2D animation sprite software, and I just have it, and I've opened it once, and I'm like, <laughs> wow, that certainly is a UI, and then closed it immediately. And I'm like, I need to watch some YouTube videos about this. But you're just going to dig in. Yeah, I got to dig in, because I want to see if it streamlines the animation process for our characters. Ooh, that's cool. I'm inspired by you wanting to, like explore and learn tools i just want to only use things i know for the rest of my life brendan actually taught me mostly how to use blender for frog fractions too like several years ago it was actually the night of the hyperlight launch that's bananas we were all hanging out at glitch city while that whole team was working real hard to get the game out and i was done at work at like 8 p.m i'm like hey brendan want to show me to use blender finally he's like <laughs> do i and then he showed me and i just taught me everything i know that's beautiful so if you want to learn 3d contact brendan chung mm -hmm. he will personally teach you how to use blender absolutely no problem how do you get started during the day i try to have like a morning ritual like okay it's time to get up time to go to glitch city and work and not be lazy and lie on the couch or something mm -hmm. make coffee drink it classic this is an important step it's easy to make coffee and not drink it i've done that a lot yeah and it gets cold yeah it's no good pack lunch i've been trying to go for a walk in the morning as well bicycle over or a drive and i'm just here and usually i'll like screw around on twitter for a little while facebook look at my email you know open up Twitter tabs like four more times in a row by accident. Uh, close it and then reopen it without thinking. And then you're like, I already looked at Twitter. I'm closing it. I'm going to open it again. Ooh, <laughs> it's yeah. like that horrible brain thing. Three tabs of Gmail. That was my like high score was I had <laughs> Gmail open, opened up a new tab, like Twitter or whatever. And I was like, ah, you know, let me check my email. And then I opened that and I had three. Yeah, it happens. So you have your kind of morning ritual, which is taking care of yourself and getting yourself mm -hmm. ready to work. But like, what are you thinking about that motivates you to make the tough decisions and dig into the tough problems? Are you envisioning people playing it at the end? Are you envisioning how you'll feel when you've expressed yourself? I definitely feel like I'm my own worst critic, to be honest. I'm almost never satisfied with anything I make. I feel like a lot of people feel that way, though. But I definitely feel about like what the players will think. Like, is this readable? Does this make sense? Does this have a good silhouette? Are the colors funky? Do you have like people in mind or do you have this vague concept of a player? It kind of depends on like what kind of game I'm working on. Sometimes I think about like, would my mom play this? <laughs> but in general, I also work in a lot of games basically meant for people who are like me. What part of the game development process gets you most excited? I really love the moment where it comes together in any sort of form. I largely work as an artist. For my current project, I'm mostly doing 2D animation, illustration, assets, UI. And I sometimes can't implement them on my own, but when the programmer does, and I can see it and play it, I'm just like, oh, that's the moment. What's the difference between you having the art, seeing the animation, and seeing it in-game. Because you know it's the same thing, it's mm -hmm. just the animation moving on the screen. What's that threshold? For me specifically, it's when I hold a controller, and I mm -hmm. hit a button, and the button does something with my art. That's like real <laughs> special. I don't know why that is. That's like the magic of video games. That's it. I press the button, I'm like, that's a particle effect I made today. Look at the goal, it's a pop, 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 or that's whatever. That's so good. It's very satisfying. 
What do you find most challenging about what you do? I would say it's staying focused and motivated. Mm. To some degree, motivation does not exist. <laughs> what do you mean? Discipline. Ooh, discipline exists. Discipline. Motivate. I never want to do anything. Like, if you can ask <laughs> me, like, what do you want to do right now more than anything in the world? I'm like, I want to lie in bed and, like, drink a beer. I don't even want to watch TV. I just want to, like... It doesn't matter what time it is. Yeah, it doesn't matter what time of day. But it's like, that's not interesting or fun. You only live once. Let's make something out of it. That high of, oh, I made something that's great and people like it. You know, that's what we're all seeking to some degree. At least I am. your journey to making video games and is there anything else you want to add about how people might be able to reach you the best way is probably twitter i am at rachel r-a-c-h-e-l underscore sala s-a-l-a on twitter salad minus the d otherwise email rachel.c.sala at gmail.com give me a thumbs up or tell me a joke about frogs i like those a whole bunch And we're back. Whew. Wow. It was quite an interview there. Yeah, I, I'm sweating. <laughs> what did you find most interesting about your, your conversation with Rachel? I was really interested in Rachel's path to making a game because it went from that kind of like aimless noodling to like, oh my God, there's this project that turned out really, really amazing. And I've never had that experience uh, creating something. Everything I've done has been very like, I already had the vision and now I'm trying to execute on it. And you know, whenever I noodled, it never turned into anything. So I don't know like if you guys have had that experience or if you are more like Rachel, but so I'm kind of curious. So the last game I worked on and the game I worked on in between finishing that one and starting that was sort of like an organic collaboration with a programmer, which I really, really enjoyed. It was like, cool, we have this one thing now let's make some art. Now from the art, let's make a gameplay decision and then we'll develop it into characters and a story and environment and stuff. Uh, that's Moving cool. it, like kicking it down the road that way. I've done certain tinkery projects like that. And what I find most interesting about that specific process is it's almost like you're kind of letting the thing you're creating just kind of emerge naturally. It's going to be what's going to be. Like it knows mm. what it wants to be naturally based on where your head's at. And you just kind of have to go along for the ride. So like you're listening to it as it's being kind made of. and it's telling you like, oh, I'm going this way. Yeah, that has never worked out for me necessarily as in that's like the whole process. But I've done little experiments here and it really mm. is interesting to see. It's almost like a more freeing process when you've done longer term things. Yeah, I find that noodling and having something come out of it has gone pretty well for me. You know, maybe some concept has kind of come out of a prototype that I've made, but mm -hmm. I do get very far in terms of coming up with this kind of grand scheme like you're talking about. Uh -huh. I always get really far into that way outpacing my actual execution. <laughs> I can relate to that. Which has led to my release 
uh, schedule for my own games over the past decade. Uh, <laughs> the one game I have put out was like that, where I was just noodling and then oh, really? came out of that. Yeah. And then since then, it's like, okay, now I have expectations of myself and oh, wow, no. I'm not able to live up to them. That's the so worst. I just, you know, work on other people's games, do graphics stuff and that kind of thing. I see. Well, you're also under a lot of legal contractual obligations as a podcast That's true. I did, yeah, I, I did finish that last <laughs> season of my previous podcast, Lead Block. There were some interesting strings being pulled in yeah. that podcast. Actually, that was something where it ended up. I did not plan that at all. Not at all planned. Nothing planned. That was really just kind of, I I don't know what happened there. But anyway, I can't talk about that. Um, So there's unpopular opinions, popular opinions throughout this show, even though we tried to stick unpopular. I feel like we got into popular territory, which is fine. You know, you deviate sometimes. But yeah, speaking of popular opinion, we are interested in our audience's opinion. We are interested in soliciting their feedback. And we mentioned that last episode. Right. We did get a few emails. Everyone's kind of on the same page. They all were like raving for this. They wanted rap battle, sure. But they also wanted, they really want voicemail the ability to send us voicemails yeah talk to us directly so i thought that was a great idea so i think for the next show what's the email address jamie glitch city radio at gmail.com and use the subject voicemail pre-record a voicemail on your phone voice memo voice memo right if you've got a microphone in your computer and then you just email us the file of your voicemail we'll play it on the next show and we'll, we'll answer your questions any kind of question i mean i'm thinking maybe game development related questions but you know keep right. them interesting but you can ask us really anything that we can discuss kind of in this this section here of the, of the podcast anyway thanks guys for coming thanks for having me ben thanks and for having levi me. thank you can't wait to see you guys next month we hope you come back Okay, so that does it for another episode of Glitch City Radio, episode two now in the books. Quick thank yous to Rachel Sala for coming on and also for letting us use the Frog Fractions soundtrack during the interview. Uh, Real upbeat, funky, uh, reggae, chiptune vibes there. Right, composed fully by Beethoven. Yes. Uh, that's verified information. And thanks again to our panelists. Levi Rohr, Dad Quest, is out now on Steam, along with other Sunday month joints. And Ben Esposito, uh, as listeners to last month's episode know, Donut County is out now on PS4, PC, and iOS. Any final notes before we head out, Jamie? Yes. If you're listening to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or YouTube, and you don't already know, you can get early access to every episode a whole week in advance on our Patreon feed. Patreon.com slash GlitchCityLA. We also have exclusive behind-the-scenes content on our feed, and it's a really exciting place to spend your time on the internet. So, yeah, definitely donate to the Patreon, get access to all that great stuff. But Patreon or not, please also subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. That really helps uh, boost our popularity, if you know what I mean cool opinion julian oh thanks anyway so that's it for this episode another episode's coming next month uh in december so tune in then for another episode of glitch city radio